In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. It's time for Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues today, with Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Ladies, Motherhood Talk Radio is here to give you a powerful platform by giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from childcare to corporate formation. Motherhood Talk Radio has interviews with best-selling authors, gurus of happiness, and women of interest who every single day make our world a better place for our families. Motherhood Talk Radio, powered by Motherhood Incorporated, is on the air now. Moms, this really is your show. Motherhood Talk Radio. And now, here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Hey, moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Christy Holly. Hello there. And Rick Swanson. Hey, Sandra. And we are having a post-birthday celebration for me. Yay! Happy Yay. birthday! Yeah, well, you know, my other host on the other show sang to me. Rick? Hey, no, Christy, I already did it. I sang Sunday night, technically. Well, technically, you didn't sing it on air, friend. Oh. See, Robin, who is my co-host on <laughs> Military Mom Talk Radio, which airs Mondays at 2 p.m. PST. You can pick that up at Military Mom Talk Radio, shameless plug. Name dropper. Name dropper. <laughs> um, but but Robin had queued up music, and oh. Eric and Carrie sang to me. I mean, it was a full, full wow. effort, and she's only the substitute host. Oh, shoot. Is that a guilt trip? <laughs> Well, Rick, why wow. don't you go ahead and sing her a solo? Happy birthday. What about no, you? I don't, I'm going to sing I don't too. sing solos, Christy. Well, so low, I can't hear you. Come on. <laughs> that was low I'm going to sing. All right, I will put you both out of your misery. I will absolve you of having to sing happy birthday. But it is true. Rick did sing to me on Saturday, um, Sunday night. I didn't it was, hear it. It was really good. Oh. He, he was three versions. What three versions? There was like a Western version. There was like a Western version, like an old retro version, and then some like punk. Version. <laughs> it was very fun. It Aww. was very fun. We'll get a reggae version one day. Well, I'm sad that I didn't get to hear it. You well, couldn't you know hear it from your house? You can tune into iTunes, and you can <laughs> download the show Military Mom Talk Radio from yesterday. You can also go to toginet.com, and you can go to militarymomtalkradio.com to listen to that award-winning um, birthday greeting. From Robin or from Rick? No, no, no. I'm sorry. From Robin. Hey, mine wasn't recorded. I wanted to hear Rick's. No, he wasn't recorded. Ouch. Oh, okay. You've right. heard me sing before, though, so no surprise. All right. But he was very good. Good. And it meant a lot to me. Well, I really I'm enjoyed glad. it. Yeah, I had a really good birthday. What did you do for your birthday? <gasps> I went to Las Vegas, and I took my kids to Las Vegas. And any of you thinking of taking your kids to Las Vegas um, <laughs> may not be <laughs> the best place for kids, even though they say, oh, Circus Circus is the best place for kids um on the way to circus circus the entire strip was littered with um little cars little porn cards they're little porn cards i mean and they're everywhere and they're in the trash and they're in the 
the streets and they're all over. And, you know, my seven-year-old picks up one at one point and he's got like five in his hand. I go, oh, honey, you know, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, trying to keep myself under control going, okay, and you're the European community, they show naked bodies all the time. Don't freak out. Don't freak out. And he's like, oh, mom, he's like, they really like naked people here in Vegas. And I said, yeah, <laughs> they do. Yes, they do. Can I have those naked cards? And he gave them to me and then he picked up another one and he actually held it up and he goes, mom, <laughs> she looks just like you. <laughs> Which, wow, you know, I don't know of many mothers that want to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was a little bit difficult. I mean, and then trying to keep my my four-year-old under control. He actually, some lady was playing the slots, and it was the video slot. So to him, it looked like a video game. And I was doing something with my older son. I, I was helping him with a shoe or something, and I hear this lady go, hey, hey. <laughs> and my four-year-old had run into the pit walked up and punched the lit button. So he, yeah, he, he gambled for her. Ooh. Yeah, thankfully she was really <laughs> nice about it because she could have been really not nice. Well, good, you're you. starting your kids young, I see, you know. I am, I am. We got one with boots, Born one exposure, with stripper exposure and gambling. <laughs> getting ready for Vegas. Getting ready for Vegas. Got to be prepared. Yeah, uh, that's true. They won't be shocked. Uh, not as much as I was. <laughs> And uh, But we had a good time, and Caesar's Palace was beautiful, and, and we were having so much fun running from bathroom to bathroom because the, the room we stayed in, uh, compliments of my brother, was a suite. And so it had, it had two big bathrooms, and then the two big bathrooms, the his and hers, were connected by a walk-through shower. Like you could walk from one <gasps> bathroom to the other bathroom through a double shower. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, and then, um, you know, I was putting the luggage down, and the kids were running back and forth, and they were all excited. They're like, Mom, look, there's two bathrooms. Bathrooms. And then, you know, my seven-year-old's like, look, there's one toilet. And, and, and he's like, there's two toilets in this one. I'm thinking, two toilets? Who has two toilets? And, you know, and then he turned on the water. And I'm like, that's the bidet. And they were like, woo, shooting the water all the way up as high as it could go. That's fun. They did. They did. And they had a double jacuzzi tub. I mean, it was gorgeous. And, did they still have the, uh, the big diving boards there? No. Oh, they must have taken them out. Because when I was there, like, I think it was seven, they had these humongous, like, giant diving boards. You get, like, so much air, and just, uh, I guess enough kids got hurt or something. That's right. Probably all it took was one to miss. One kid's head cracks open, and everyone freaks out, and they take it away. <laughs> well, well, if it was your head, maybe, maybe it yeah. was your head. Well, my kids. <laughs> How would you know? The diving boards were taken away because Rick cracked his head open. Yeah, I probably break the diving board and just crack. <laughs> But it was fun, so it was a very good birthday, and I had a good weekend. And um, and you know, surprisingly enough, um, surprisingly enough, it, I didn't hit any buffets. I really, I stayed true to our really? trip challenge. I did. I really, I did not stuff myself while I was there. Good. Yeah. And um, I mean, part of the problem was we were in Caesar's Palace, and everything was really expensive. <laughs> So that helped. Um, but we did. We went to Trevi, which is one of the nicer restaurants next to Spago. And, you know, my son ordered spaghetti and meatballs, and it was like $22. And I'm like, well, okay, you're sharing that with your brother, and I won't be eating today. <laughs> so, you know, when you do it that way, uh, boy, your weight stays right down. Nice. Very nice. 
And, uh, but we did walk a lot, too. We did walk um, from one end of the strip to the other. And when we went to the aquarium, uh, the aquarium at the uh, MGM, no, I'm sorry, the lions were at the MGM. That was really boring. Don't go to that. It's free. You just walk into the gambling casino, and then there's, like, a habitat with, like, two lions laying there sleeping. And then you can go, you know, get your picture taken with this drugged-up lion. That's not going to maul you while you get your picture taken. Um, but uh, the aquarium that they have at uh, Mandalay Bay is definitely worth going because they have a tube that you walk through. So if you've like, like for me, I like to dive and I love to be underwater. If you're not a diver, you can get that same experience of diving a reef by walking through this tunnel because the aquarium, you know, the tunnel is at the bottom. Mm-hmm. So you're at fish and shark level, and there's shark and octopus and jellyfish, and there's all sorts of different, and there's giant sea turtles. And you walk underneath this tube, and you look up, and it's a clear dome. And so you get to see all the sharks swimming above you, but you're, you know, you're completely dressed. You're just walking through <laughs> underneath, you know, eating a hot dog. You don't even have to get your bathing suit on. You don't have to put wonderful. your bathing suit on. That's a truly <laughs> wonderful thing. And, um, you know, but for somebody who might have ear problems or somebody who's elderly or has little kids, you know, when you stand under there and you look up at this dome that's only, you know, probably eight feet high, and you see, like, uh, they had a hammerhead shark, and they had, I forget the shark that has the big, looks like a big saw on the front of its face, and, you know, all these sharks, you know, it was really a really cool thing. And um, and something really amazing happened when we were there. They have rays, you know, stingrays uh, swimming around in there. And there was a ray that kept coming by. And you could see he's looking at the people, looking at the people. Well, my four-year-old went up right against the glass. He wasn't afraid at all. And he put his hands and his face on the glass as close as it could be. And the ray came over at him. And the ray put, like, it's, it's I don't know, his face is like smashed to the bottom of it. But he laid up against the glass, and he lined himself up vertically with my kid. And it was really cool. I mean, there was, you know, two inches of plexiglass between Thank them. <laughs> Thank goodness. Thank goodness. <laughs> my son would have been, bye, Mom, I'm going to ride on the race. But it was really neat. It's, it's, it's always amazing to me when I see, like, human and animal interaction. Um, and in that, you know, some kids are, you know, some kids are screaming and crying. They hate it in there. Shark's going to get me. Shark's going to get me. You <laughs> yes, know. it will. Yes, it will. <laughs> if you don't go to bed, it's going to get not tonight. Good. <laughs> I wonder why they hate them. Yeah, I'm really. so scared. I'm so scared. <laughs> um, but, you know, but it was really neat. It was really, you know, anybody going there. It was expensive, though. It was $16 a person to go through the aquarium. Oh. But there was um, a petting. Uh, I've never been, Rick. Did, have you been to the Long Beach Aquarium? Yeah, I have. It was like about four or five years ago. I mean, it, it's truly amazing. It was uh, even better than Monterey's Aquarium, which is supposed to be <gasps> really? so famous and great. Yeah. They have all those things. They have, like, huge tanks. Like those little things you can, the tube you can walk under, like the petting zoo is really good too. Really? Yeah. I didn't even know Long Beach had an aquarium, did you? It's huge, yeah, it's really nice. They sea go. otters and, yeah. Uh, we should go. It could be a motherhood talk radio, like, field trip. That would be mm. fun. We'll have to bring the kids too. No, we don't. Oh, <laughs> oh sorry. No, we don't. <laughs> that was oh. Well, maybe I'm going to have to go twice. Yes, maybe you're going to have to go try. Well, we could do like what we did. Um, we did for the um, the zoo. Santa Barbara Zoo. We haven't even gone back yet, though. I know, and our our membership has expired. You got to be kidding. That was a year ago. That was a year ago when we pretended to be domestic partners <laughs> so we could get a giant family rate. Nice. nice. I can't believe it's been a year. It wow. is. It is. Your one year anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> How did you feel? <laughs> we 
going to celebrate and look at the aquarium. Oh, you know, I would because I love aquariums and I love fish and I love to dive. And, you know, I just think that there's so much we can learn underwater um, that's enjoyable and it's just so beautiful. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to beat seeing the sunlight, you know, from like 15 feet below and looking up and seeing it all glittering. I mean, it's really just an amazing thing. Yeah, and not many people, I mean, you don't ever, like, I don't go diving, so I would not know what that looked like. I know, and you're from California. There's something fundamentally wrong with that. We're going to have to change that. All right, we have to go to commercial break. We have a wonderful pair of guests today. They are the owners of We Speech, and Julie Levin and Laura Drower are going to answer a bunch of questions that we have about speech therapy, how to know when to take your kids to therapy, what to look for. Uh, They have graciously come on our show today despite the inclement weather in uh, Chicago. And um, we'd like to also uh, let everyone know that Julie's mom is okay. She was the one who missed the show two weeks ago because her mom needed to have a pacemaker put in, so we want to put a shout-out to Harriet that we are so glad that you're better. My name is Sandra Beck. I'm the host of Motherhood Talk Radio along with Christy (laughs) Holly and Rick Swanson, and we will catch you after the break. show motherhood talk radio giving you interesting inspiring and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation this is motherhood talk radio and we'll be right back after these it's time to capture the simple piece of the amish in your own life Amish Wisdom with Suzanne Woods Fisher. Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central. Each week, Suzanne will have conversations with guests about living a life that incorporates principles of the Amish without going Amish. She'll cover the practical, simplicity, slowing down, reducing clutter, putting the brakes on materialism, the historical, how have the Amish survived for 400 years, how can we hold on to what we hold dear, and the spiritual, treasuring important values, honoring the past, and increasing peace of mind. You don't have to become Amish to make personal peace a reality. Amish wisdom will help all of us live a simpler life. For more information, go to SuzanneWoodsFisher.com. With Amish wisdom, Suzanne offers us a glimpse into a world of peace, serenity, and total commitment to family and God. This show just might change the way you live your life. It's Amish wisdom with Suzanne Woods Fisher. Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on Toginet.com. Get ready for the Not-So-Soccer Mom Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on Toginet with Jill Hickey. You name it, from politics to pop culture to Jill's search for the perfect bronzer and chicken salad. The Not-So-Soccer Mom will weigh in on it all. The sentence, I have no opinion about that, is one that Jill has never uttered. In the early 90s, Jill finally decided to put her thoughts, opinions, mom advice, love of pop culture, hummus, and Starbucks, working out, cosmetic shopping, and politics into an actual website and thus NotSoSoccerMom.com. Tom was born. Shortly after her fourth child, a boy, Jerome, now she's really got tons of topics to share with you. This is Laugh Out Loud Funny, and we're not kidding. What's a loud Nebraska girl who lived in Little Rock for many years and now is up in the Northeast doing, chronicling her opinions on everything? The wheels aren't off yet, but it's close. It's the Not-So-Soccer Mom with Jill Hickey, Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues. For more information, check out the website, motherhoodtalkradio.com. Now, 
Let's get back to the show with your hosts, Sandra Back and Christy Holland. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Christy Holly. Hello. We skipped Krav today, didn't we? We did. We totally played hooky. We did. We met at the gas station. <laughs> I know, way better than, than working out. It, we know. You know Inhaling all those wonderful fumes. We were breathing the gas fumes. We were getting high from gas fumes. I don't know. Yeah. But, and we were both like one step up from our PJs. <laughs> I know, I just had my socks on. You did? You didn't even have shoes. Well, I had my gay, my, 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 my <laughs> cute little boots on. This is my homophobic host, Christy Holly. No, no, no. No, she means no. they're delightful, jingly bell kind yes. of gay. <laughs> I had my boots on, and I had some, like, high water, I don't know, Capri oh, I love you, but you looked like, you just looked like, you looked like somebody that should have ridden the short bus. I know. Aw. Well, I took the, I had to take the boots off so I didn't look too, too bad. I know. I was a window licker. <laughs> you know, it's, but this is part of being a mother. And, and the best part of it is I was queued up in line like 10 cars behind Christy. And I can see your SUV up there because it has the fireman hat for your husband's, um, you know, uh, LAFD uh, fire department insignia. Right. So I am always know which big, you know, honking SUV is yours because there's like 20 of them that look just like yours, uh-huh. all navy blue. And um, whatever. But it was really funny because I'm like, wow, that's Christy. I'm like, she's not moving. She's not moving. So I cut out a line. I zoom up past everybody. And then I slid in behind you. Uh, you didn't even notice me. Why did you? <laughs> You were fighting with your son. Like, and then they needed their jackets, which were in the way, way back, and I was like, I have to get out of the car. You know, my nightmare of not getting dressed and not wearing shoes. I had my... In your hair. My, I know. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, it was awful. And I had to get there. I had to get out in public. And, and then I and then I went to the gas station. Yeah, that's because where we I, saw each other. Because I had no gas. My light was on. Mine I, too. I wouldn't have made it. Mine so. too. It was definitely a motherhood moment. But, so. you know, the fact that you didn't draw on yourself with pen like I did that one day. <laughs> <we're> yeah. just, <laughs> I didn't have pen all over my I face. I pen all over my face. So, speaking of which, when we are overworked, underpaid, completely stressed out moms, I think it's really hard sometimes to know... Um, when there's something that needs attention with our kids. I mean, when they scream and yell, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think as moms, sometimes, and new moms especially, you know, we don't know uh, what to look for. And, um, you know, and with my own son, uh, you know, he was born premature and he had some issues. And I didn't know any better. I didn't know any different because it was my first kid. Right. And, um, you know, thankfully I have an outstanding sister-in-law or ex-sister-in-law, but she's still going to be my sister-in-law forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Um, she is has been wonderful with helping me understand some of the things that my son needed. And um, it wasn't that I was in denial. I really just didn't know what to look for. And um, and she helped me identify some of those things. And I think it really made a difference. I know it made a difference for me in confidence as a parent. It made a difference um, in my son's life, absolutely. 
Um, but we wanted to bring her on the air today with her business partner. They own We Speech. Uh, it's a uh, speech uh, therapy office in Chicago. And I'm going to bring on Julie first. We have Julie Levin and Laura Drower, who are partners and friends, and they've been doing this a long time. So it really supports uh, Christy. You and I, we've had shows about friendship between women and long-term mm-hmm. things, and we've had some partnerships on, like the real estate ladies yep. who had been in business together 15 years and still going strong. So who says women can't get along? That's right. That's right. And um, so, Julie and Laura, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. So, Julie, um, I'm going to go to you first. I would like uh, for our listeners to learn a little bit about you, um, you know, of who you are, what you studied, uh, and then how you got to be partners with Laura and uh, what you're doing a little bit about your family life. Pretty much everything. <laughs> Go. Go. Let's see. Um, well, I'm a pediatric speech pathologist and have been for over 25 years. Um, I uh, went to school with, um, in Chicago and got both a bachelor's and a master of science uh, in speech pathology and um, have worked in a variety of settings. Um, I've worked in homes. I've worked in hospitals and now have a private practice um, solely treating children from the ages of birth to about 18. Um, and I was very fortunate along the way. Uh, Laura and I met each other. We were actually um, in the same home, same home room for high school. And, oh, uh, yeah, nice. and uh, then kind of reconnected in college and um, have been friends ever since. And then at some point we decided that um, since I had sort of a medical model as a speech pathologist and she came from a school setting that we should um, – kind of join together and um, provide a service to families that we thought was uh, needed in the community. Now this, and your your company is called We Speech? Right, We as in small, W-E-E, Speech. Terrific, terrific. So can we bring on Laura? Laura, are you here with us today? I am here. Hi, Laura. Welcome to Motherhood Talk Radio. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. Are you surviving the storm? Um, well... As well as can be expected, I think. I'm just kind of watching it outside blowing past the windows right now. So Julie and Laura are in Chicago right now, and Chicago's getting pounded pretty heavily like a lot of the Midwest and the East Coast. And I believe when I look at our producer here down in Texas, Carrie said they're getting some ice down there too. So it's kind of a nasty um, day in the Midwest, sunny and warm in California. Sorry, guys. (laughs) (laughs) So, Laura, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Um, Well, I would like to point out that Julie failed to mention that in high school, though we were in the same homeroom for four years, we never actually spoke to each other. (laughs) We did not become friends until after high school when we (laughs) took a a community college course together and uh, became friends when we discovered that we were both going to be going to the same um, major in college. So, yes, four years, same room, and homeroom met every day, by the way. <laughs> wow. But we never actually spoke, yeah. So um, who, got the more, who got more guys, you or her? Uh, we were in <clears throat> completely different social circles <laughs> also. I was in the better one. We won't really go into the, the high school social circles, yeah. Um, so I've been doing this for the same amount of time as Julie, a little bit over 25 years, Um I went to uh, graduate school in uh, Wisconsin at Marquette and um, ended up going into 
private schools and in, in, uh, public schools when I got out. Um, I did not go the medical model that Julie did. And um, eventually we both found ourselves just wanting to be out of the settings that we were in and in more control of the quality of services that we offered to families, which is how we ended up. Um, while we were both working full-time, we both started the business together part-time and then um, eventually transitioned over to it being our full-time business. Well, and you're, you're both moms. Yes, I have two sons, an 18-year-old and a 22-year-old. Wow. And, Julie, how about you? My son will be 16 next month, and he is a, an adopted child from Russia. And he's my favorite nephew. Okay, I said it there. That's just the way it is on the air. Sorry, I can't take it back, but he is my absolute favorite. Aw. Yeah, Alex. Yeah, Christy's seen him. She saw pictures of him when you guys were out here. Yes, okay. they did. You guys are a beautiful family. Thanks. It's a very cool thing. So, girls, I'm going to start um, with you guys have different different disciplines. One's more of a school background. One's more of a medical background. So I'm going to ask you both the same question. I'm going to ask you what is one of the chief ways a parent can know that their son or daughter might need some sort of uh, speech therapy? And if you guys could each give me your professional opinion. Well, if I'm coming from a medical model and I'm seeing um, a very young child, um, a child under a year of age, um, I might be concerned if this child is struggling um, to manage food or to drink safely or is refusing to eat or drink certain types of um, food or liquid. Um, If your child may be um, having difficulty keeping the food down, um, maybe having some choking episodes. So these are these are red flags that I look at when I'm seeing um, a very young child or a mother who's coming in very concerned um, that their child uh, is refusing to eat or drink. Um, those are red flags uh, that we that we note. And that would be for a child from approximately like what ages? Well, certainly in an infant um, we see this, but we also see it in toddlers, um, especially children who might be considered very, very picky eaters. We might want to take a closer look and see why that child might be picky and might go beyond what a typical toddler might be um, picky about. So that would be a, a red flag that, you know, that a mom might want to be concerned about. Now, how about you, Laura? What, um, what would you say is, you know, a, you know, like a red flag or something that, that, you know, a mom listening today, if she's experiencing, might want to go to talk to someone about? Well, typically kids by the age of three should be 100% intelligible to familiar and unfamiliar listeners. So if between the ages of two and three, you're not feeling that your child is beginning to be more understood by anybody that listens to him, that would be a cause for concern. Um, if you feel that he, he or she is not responding to directions when you're asking them to do something, they're missing pieces of it or not responding at all, not able to ask and answer questions, um, if you feel like they're not really moving along that track to becoming conversant, that they can converse with their peers, they can converse a little bit with adults. Those are kind of some red flags that we look at. So what if a kid's just quiet? I mean, is that a, is that a sign to, to look at? I mean, I hear a lot of people who, who say, well, you know, my son's just quiet or he's just shy. You know, how do you know the difference between just quiet and shy and something that should be more actionable? 
Well, I think you, you have to look at the settings that you're talking about. If you have a child who, when he's in his, his comfort zone and he's in his home or he's with people that he knows and he's conversant and he uses a nice variety of vocabulary and you can understand what he says and you feel like everything is just moving along. But when he gets among people that he doesn't know or in, in new locations, that's when he's quiet. Then I think you're, you're looking at more of a typical development. But if you have a child that's not really putting anything out in any situation, then that's going to be more of a cause for concern. So we have, you know, the you two specialists here today. Um, what? Um, oh, you know what? We got to go to commercial break. We are. Let's see. We are going to go to commercial break. When we come back, we'll have Julie and Laura from We Speech answering our questions about what parents need to know about speech therapy. Here's your show, Motherhood Talk Radio, giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation. This is Motherhood Talk Radio, and we'll be right back after these. Mark Lipinski is coming to Toginet. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski, a live two-hour show Wednesday afternoon starting at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. Creative Mojo. It's fun, entertaining, informative, inspirational, and illuminating. Lipinski has worked on such shows as Oprah, The View, The Joan Rivers Show, and Ricky Lake. He's busy, but he's got the drive to share with Creative Mojo, dedicated to the modern crafter and crafting lifestyle. Dive into the info and enjoy everything from celebs to entertainment news to recipes, quilting and needlework, knitting, painting, woodworking, Christmas crafts, and so much more. This show boldly encourages you to discover and harness your own creative spirit by living creatively every day. For more on Mark and the show, check out marklepinski.com. Don't miss the fun. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski. Wednesday afternoon starting at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. Christian work-at-home moms, here is your own show on toginet. It's CWAM, Christian work-at-home moms with Jill Hart and Diana Innan. Thursdays at 10 a.m. central on toginet. Um, I'd love to share with you just a little bit about how CWAM can help you, whether you are new to the work-at-home world and just starting out your search, or whether you've been working at home for a while and are looking to grow your business. Jill Hart is the founder of Christian Work-at-Home Moms, CWAM.com, and co-author of So You Want to Be a Work-at-Home Mom. Jill has worked from home from 2000 and started her home-based business to assist other Christians who desire to work from home while maintaining a godly life. And Diana Innan with VirtualWordPublishing.com. I really, truly want to see you succeed, want to share the joy that I have in being home with my kids and being able to build my own business. And she's ready to help you now. Christian Work at Home Moms with Jill Hart and Diana Anna. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Central on Toginet. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues. For more information, check out the website, motherhoodtalkradio.com. Now, let's get back to the show with your hosts, Sandra Beck and Christy Holland. Mamas, this is Sandra Beck, and I am here with Christy Holly. Uh, we have given Rick Swanson a break for the rest of the show. Anytime <laughs> we have chick talk, we try to let him go. 
Even though he has so much to add. He does have so much to add. So much to say. So much to say. Well, we are here with Laura Drower and Julie Levin, and they are the co-owners of We Speech, which is a small private practice owned and operated by these two outstanding women, and they serve the north uh, suburban Chicago area, and they have since 1989. And what's amazing about these two women is that they serve children uh, from birth to 18 years old with a variety of different different uh, needs. They do different things. We're going to talk about some of the things that they do in their sessions later on in the show. But um, before we get into that, Christy, you have a question. I do have a question. Um, and I probably, I think it happens with a lot of families. I've got two, I have two, three kids. Um, <laughs> Last week, <talk. laughs> I know. My youngest, um, I mean, he talks and everything. He's fine. But before... Um, both of my kids would always, you know, talk for him and answer questions for him. So, you know, it was like we rarely got to hear what, you know, Nick had to say because the other two would speak for him, and they would understand him more than the adults would. They would say, like, what is he saying? And the kids are like, oh, he wants this, this, and this. Or he's saying, um, you know, he wants milk. You know, he, he, they would always speak for him, so we never, it was like, uh, you know, is that something, is that normal? Um, I, yeah, I would say that that's pretty typical um, in families that have a couple siblings. Um, so, you know, some kids have stronger personalities than others, and mm -hmm. sometimes the littler ones are happy to let the older ones kind of take over, and sometimes they're not, and they will... <laughs> show that in different ways, um, acting out and, and, you know, sometimes a little shoving involved. Um, but <laughs> yes. I think that's, that is very typical in, in families that have multiple siblings. I, was I, I also was going to say that I think that um, it's it's really important, though, that you would do keep an eye on that because sometimes families will um, say to me, you know, I never really thought it was a problem. I just thought it was that the older siblings were taking over. And I think it is important for parents to make sure that they're um, – Really looking at the whole picture, making sure that it's it's not it's not a bigger problem than just um, the older siblings taking over. That we're not looking at um, maybe you know the younger child having some cha some challenges, and then unfortunately those things don't get addressed until he's older, um, and the older kids are already at school, and the little ones are already three four years old before it gets addressed. Okay, and what in your professional opinion, girls, when? When would you want to see intervention happen? I mean, is it like a lot of things where earlier is better? I mean, what is better from a treatment standpoint? Well, definitely earlier is better. Um, you know, a lot of times we run across uh, pediatricians that are hesitant to refer kids when they're younger and they want to wait until they're three. For some reason, three has become some sort of magic number for them that everything is all going to be fine. <laughs> You know, it's been our, somewhere. <laughs> it's been our experience that moms usually know that something's not right. And when they go to the pediatrician and say, I have a concern, they're usually spot on about it. So when a mom has a concern, you know, no matter how old her child is, it's it's overwhelming. I know it was for me to, to think about, like, you know, and I was so grateful to have Julie um, to ask questions you know, and to be able to guide me with some of this stuff. But it's really overwhelming when you go, well, I don't know what's wrong. I don't know where to turn. When somebody says, well, you should take your child to a speech 
uh, therapist, what can they expect? Like, and what should they look for? Well, in terms of, you know, some of the what we call red flags, you know, what is it that, um, you know, might uh, be a reason that you might want to bring your child to see a speech pathologist or some of the things that we talked about before. You know, if if your child really is struggling to communicate, if you're not understanding what your child is saying, if your child um, is still drooling past the age of two and or is really struggling to try new foods or eat a variety of foods, um, if your child um, really can't, by the time they're, you know, a couple of years old, um, use enough language to communicate basic wants, needs, and maybe even some ideas, then it might be time to seek out an evaluation. So in an evaluation, is that done at a pediatrician, or who, who does the evaluation? Well, um, the evaluation itself would be done by a speech-language pathologist, and um, ideally you'd want to see someone who um, has a master's degree, though I do understand that in different parts of the country um, some individuals have uh, bachelor-level degrees. But ideally you'd want to see at least a master-level speech pathologist and someone who's certified by the American Speech and Language Hearing Association um, to do the assessment. And this type of assessment, does it take a long time? Again, it really depends on what the um, concern is going into the evaluation. It could be something that can be looked at uh, within um, a short time, meaning 30 minutes to an hour. Uh, but if it's a very um, it, it, more challenging problem to look into, it might be several hours of an evaluation depending on the age of the child um, or the concerns that the family has. Is that something that your insurance, people's insurance would cover, or is that out of pocket that they would pay for something like that? Well, you know, as we know with what's going on with the insurance companies, I think it's important that families would um, certainly be in contact with their insurance companies first and find out what their particular contract is with their insurance company. Um, a lot of these insurance companies are really looking for the problem to be a medically related problem and not considered educationally uh, relevant um, or developmental in nature. And unfortunately, you know, parents call back often um, looking for us to help them know what it is that they're looking at, is it, a, is it a developmental problem, is it an educational problem, or is it a medical problem? And um, insurance companies um, are very clear that if it's not considered medical, they often will not pay for that service. So um, what certainly would beyond if, I'm sorry. Like so, what would, like, so what could someone expect to pay ballpark figure for an evaluation if their insurance didn't cover it, like worst-case scenario? Well, I'm sure, again, it varies, um, you know, between between companies, it probably varies um, geographically, um, but an evaluation at We Speech is four hundred fifty dollars, okay. um, and that would cover um, you know the evaluation itself as well as um, a written report that would be available to the families, and then the families can certainly have that evaluation forwarded to um, any other medical personnel or educational personnel that they felt it would be helpful. But but in knowing that, it's some, there's other there's a couple of other pieces of information I think would be helpful to parents, and that would be to know that. Their state might have an early intervention program that serves children birth to three in which they can get involved in and there may be no cost to them or minimal cost. Um, uh, they can also seek out uh, an evaluation and or therapy through their public school system, and that's um, at no cost to them as well. So those are some options that families have, um, you know, beside uh, private services.
besides private services. And so um, what would you guys say, you know, would be um, a, a typical evaluation session? I know there's all different things you're evaluating, but if you could just walk us through, you know, because I think, you know, like in my case, the first time I went and had my son evaluated for something, I had no idea what was going on. I was completely unprepared. I just sat there going like, are you going to shake salt on his head? What's going to happen next? <laughs> um, you know, what, like, can you walk us through just a simple one of, of what would be done? Well, typically, um, we try and be fairly comprehensive. We'll look at sound production. We'll look at how the child's mouth works and how it works to make the different sounds. Um, we'll look at the quality of voice. We'll look at vocabulary development. Um, and then when we look at language, we're looking at can they, are they understanding language? Are they understanding directions? Are they understanding questions? Um, their expressive language, we're looking at their conversational skills, their syntax, um, that's pretty much, I think, a standard evaluation. And, and those components may all change depending on when the child comes in, what the parent's concern is. So it's not something that the kids should be scared of or the parents should be nervous about. It's no. Really it's just very it's very play based and you know you'll maybe they'll look at pictures they'll point to pictures they'll identify pictures um depending on the age of the child there may be toys involved and and it's really um you know we try and make it as as low stress as possible so if there's a medical condition that's causing some of this speech thing like how do you know which one like You've got medical things at play, and then you've got, you know, the things that are, you know, just part of their development at play. How do you, how do you, do you guys have to work with physical doctors that might be correcting something? How does that work? Well, I think that as a, you know, during the evaluation or uh, upon completion of the evaluation, it's our job to sort of um, weed through and try to figure out what it is that we're looking at that may be a cause or causes um, of the challenge that the child may be presenting with. And I think it's important then to team up first with the pediatrician to discuss the results of the evaluation. Um, and then um, if further um, assessment is needed, then you would work with the pediatrician to make an appropriate referral to um, another kind of medical professional that might help us get more information about the child. So it really is a collective effort between you, the parents, the pediatrician, um, you know, in trying to help uh, this family and to help this child. Absolutely, right? absolutely. And do you work with other, like, will would a, would a child in this situation maybe go to an occupational therapist or have other therapies in addition to working with you guys? Yes, we do. Um, in our clinic, we also have occupational therapy, physical therapy, and social work. And um, probably a majority of kids that come to the clinic get more than one service. Um, they may, you know, have treatment with us and then go into a treatment session with an occupational therapist, or they may be getting speech therapy and getting some group therapy services from the social worker. So we really do try and, and be comprehensive and meet all the needs of the child and the family. That is terrific. We're talking today with Laura Drower and Julie Levin of We Speech. They are two speech um, and language pathologists. They are outstanding women in their field. They are here today talking with us about everything we need to know um, about bringing our child to a therapy session and relate to speech. 
My name is Sandra Beck. I'm the host of Motherhood Talk Radio. I'm sitting next to Christy Holly, who's <laughs> laughing at me. <laughs> Not laughing at me. No, you. but we are having a great time. This is a really important show. Yes. And um, if you guys want to check out their website, which they said are getting a new one soon, it's WeSpeech, W-E-E-S-P-E-C-H.com. Mom, here's your show, Motherhood Talk Radio, giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation. This is Motherhood Talk Radio, and we'll be right back after these. Innovation and insight, problems and solutions, capitalizing on your ideas and efforts. That's all a part of Changing the World One Invention at a Time with Rick Rowe. Thursday evenings at 6, 5 Central on Toginet.com. Rick will be sharing stories of innovation, invention, inspiration, and overcoming obstacles with guests who have been there, done that, and are doing that. Rick will be asking the right questions, helping you identify the real problems, and showing you how to act on your ideas by increasing consumer confidence, and more importantly, increasing your confidence to act on your ideas. For even more information, go to thinktech, that's T-E-K, globally.com. Then join us as Rick and his guests teach us how to develop new ideas and create new products, new businesses, new jobs. And together, let's get our economy growing again. It's changing the world one invention at a time with author and inventor Rick Rowe. Thursday evenings at 6, 5 Central on toginet.com. Girlfriend It is on Toginet. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, with your hosts, Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. This show is your chance to share, learn, laugh, and connect with other women. The Girlfriend at Principal was born out of loss. Lisa had recently had her mother pass away from cancer, and my mom um, was murdered. A man just walking into a room and started a 23-second shooting spree. I think one of the things we both realized going through those tragedies is that you can be extremely okay and be extremely sad. Check out Girlfriended.com. And then be a part of Girlfriended, the radio show, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. You know, your boyfriend or, or your husband or whatever, they don't totally understand that emotional side to a woman like another woman does. And I think that's so important just to have somebody that you go, she gets me. Check out the website, girlfriended.com. Don't miss Girlfriended with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues. For more information, check out the website, motherhoodtalkradio.com. Now, let's get back to the show with your hosts, Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Hey, mamas. My name is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Christy Holly, and we have some outstanding guests today. We have We Speech owners. Uh, Laura Drower and Julie Levin, and if anyone needs speech help today, it's me, because for some reason I have the hardest time with speech and language pathologists. Please help. Please help. And if you want to check out their website, they have a new one coming soon. They are found at WeSpeech, that's W-E-E-S-P-E-E-C-H.com. And, you know, we laugh about it. You know, being on the radio is really hard because we trip and fumble over words and we say things we don't realize how difficult it is to communicate um, on a, on a, just on a daily basis. Right. Um, but to have, uh, you know, your child have uh, some speech problems that 
need to be addressed and helped, you know, by these women. It's a really great thing to have her here today and have both of them here today. And one of the questions that Christy and I were talking about at the break, um, and you guys, either one can answer this, but are speech problems something a kid will grow out of, or is it something they'll have to manage through their lifetime? I think Laura's letting me answer this one. There you um, go. <laughs> <laughs> I think um I think some problems that a child presents with can very well be developmental. Um, for example, some children um, learn to produce all of their sounds very early at two and three years of age, and other, other children take a little longer to learn um, certain sounds. They, come, they, tend, they tend to acquire them a little bit later, uh, five years, six years, seven years of age, and it's still within the normal range. Um, but I think there are other problems um, Typically more related to language, but there are also individuals, uh, children with specific speech problems. Maybe they have some weakness um, in the structures um, or in the musculature of the mouth and may need um, intervention, and that, that intervention may be needed for quite some time. Um, so some things, like I said, are more easily um, um, acquired and are developmental and you can wait it out and other things need to be managed early and treated for a longer period of time. Now, when when you bring your child to a therapy session, like with either of you guys, is it usually a half an hour long? Is it an hour long? Is it a couple hours in an afternoon? Is it one day a week? I mean, what's a typical treatment schedule? Um, you know, it really can vary. In, in our clinic, most of the sessions run 45 minutes. Um, some kids are seen for 60 minutes. Sometimes the littler ones are seen for 30 to 45, um, depending on what they can tolerate. Kids are typically seen once or twice a week, um, depending on the need. It's really pretty individualized. So, so, so for a, a child to come in, it, it depends on how old they are, what their needs are, and then also, you know, like when I look at my two sons, it's like one of them has the tolerations of a saint, and you could do anything to him, and the other one can barely sit still for like two seconds. I mean, that's gotta that's gotta be tough on you guys. You you also have to deal with the personalities. Yes. That's very true. Um, we, you know, we we have been doing it for a long time, so we, between the two of us, have a, a fairly large bag of tricks. And you really kind of, your goal is to make things fun and and to get the child working and help them along, but to also make it enjoyable for them so that they're they're looking forward to coming and it's not something that they're dreading because you know you remember that they're there to work on something that's hard for them. And typically, kids are pretty aware of what their their needs are and what their problem areas are. And we try and make it fun and engaging, and we try and um, focus our our activities around things that they like and things that they're drawn to. I was going to say that's true about the therapy. I had to go to eye therapy when I was in the fifth, fourth grade, third grade, third, fourth grade, and it was horrible. And I remember every Friday I had to be taken out of school, I had to go to the eye doctor, and it just, you know, it wasn't fun, and I dreaded right. it, and I still... <laughs> Clearly we still have to do it. I'm just saying that I think that it's really a great thing that you make it fun and, you know, that make it so that the kids want to go there. So I'm just saying that that's, that, I'm, that it's a good thing. 
Well, it's a hard thing. I mean, it's like you're, you know, you're dealing with children. And, and I have a question for you guys. Um, you know, for me, I had fertility treatments for both of my kids, and there was a risk of multiples. And do you find that there are, you know, because we see these TV shows with these moms having five kids and eight kids and four kids. Nineteen. Yeah, Nineteen. <laughs> uh, yeah, those the Duggars or whatever, yes. the nineteen. Do you find that births with multiples have higher incidences of issues with the kids? Like the high, I can't imagine having five kids is really good for the kids all at once. Well, I think that um, we definitely know that um, more than one, more than a singleton, um, puts uh, the children at risk for medical complications through the pregnancy of the mother, and. Um, and so, uh, yes, we often see uh, ongoing issues uh, after the child's birth. Even if the birth process went fairly well, the child can have some complications um, following the birth or in the child's early development. Um, so, and especially when you're talking about, you know, three, four, five um, children when, um, you know, you've got a small space and you've got lots of babies and um and the ch- the children are then much more at risk for um, developmental problems, and long term developmental problems. Do you see, you know, just in your opinion, not going to hold you to this as fact, but do you see that also with the increase of the mother's age? Because I know, you know, when I had my kids, the magic age seemed to be, you talk about magic age of 35, and (laughs) I guess that's when the results of the amnio equal, like not having it or having it, whatever, but they had me so scared thinking, like, you're over 35, you know, your eggs are moldy, you know. know, Old mom, old mom, old mom. mom." You know, do you find that just just in practice that is there any issue? Issues that come up, the older moms, especially now we see, we saw, what's her name? We just have that baby, Travolta's wife. Yeah, she's old. And she's 50s, 50, um, I, I don't think we really have seen that um, over the years, that older moms have kids with more significant issues. Um, Good. Probably Good. within our practice, it, it, we have, just because of our demographic, we have lots of really young moms um, that have kids with needs. So I wouldn't say at all that we we see older moms with kids with more needs. Well, that's a relief, as we're both older moms. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Um, Do you think, do do these things run in families, too? That's the other question that um, I've seen come in across my desk. Do, you know, if, if one, like an older sibling has a speech issue, is there a higher possibility that a sibling would have the same issue or is it just uh, it just seems to be random no i think we do see a pattern um you know not consistently but there's definitely um families that we have in our practice um where there are um, sometimes two and three um, children being seen for maybe not the same service but um, other services within the clinic. So um, there seems to be a higher risk, yes. When there is one child um, with a speech and language problem, um, oftentimes we do see a sibling uh, with a, a problem of some sort. So if each of you could give, um, you know, if each of you could give me a piece of advice or something, like if, if the listeners today could take away one thing from each of you that they would remember and maybe tell their friends um, who aren't listening today, what, Julie, I'm going to go to you first, what piece of advice would you give someone listening today? 
I think that um, as a mom, I think you know when your child um, is in need of some additional help. And I think when you know that, if you're not getting the support from your pediatrician or whoever you've initially shared it with, I think it's important that you go to um, the next step either another, another professional or an educational person if your child's in school and reach out and get help um, for your child. And I would completely agree with that, and I would add that if, if you're turned down from the school or discouraged from your pediatrician to, to continue to pursue that, and even as your child gets older, if they are in therapy and they do have some needs, to remember that the parent is the best advocate. You're the one that knows your child the best. You have your child's best interest at heart 24-7. And the professionals have skills and knowledge, but it's the parent who's the main player in the team. Mm-hmm. Now, what about uh, what advice do you have to give with, um, uh, you know, a family that may their insurance may not cover this type of therapy or, you know, and they have to come out of pocket? I mean, what what... Is it better to go, you know, once a month what you can afford, or is it better to, um, you know, fight with the insurance company? I mean, what does somebody do if their insurance doesn't cover this, their child needs it? Are there any organizations that are public that can help these children? Um, I think, you know, that varies state to state um, and varies by income level, too. Um, the, The state that we're in, Illinois, has, some organizations in place that will assist with therapies um, on sliding scale based on income. So I think that what you would need to do is is continue to pursue and see if your state does have other things available. Um, the other the other thing is that sometimes. Um, you might not be covered for services in an outside clinic, but you may be covered for services through a hospital setting. And hospital settings often have pediatric clinics within them. That makes sense. That makes sense. So we've got about a minute and a half to the end of the show. I want you to each tell me what is the secret to you guys working together so long and so harmoniously. <laughs> Amazing tolerance. <laughs> no, actually, it's been it's been a it's been a wonderful wonderful journey. I haven't I had no complaints. I think we, you know, we we know each other so well. We fight, we get over it, and you know, we're just always. We're always able to come back around on whatever our disagreements are. Well, I can tell you from being, you know, related to Julie for a while that to watch you guys work together and to see the work that you've done and to watch you, especially Julie, raise your son on your own as a single mother, uh, my hat's off to both of you, not only for keeping your business together, making it successful, working together as women, which a lot of times we hear that that's just impossible and women can't get along. You guys are living proof that you can make something amazing, and I'm so thankful that you came on the show today. Our guests were Laura Drower and Julie Levin of We Speech. You can check it out at wespeech.com. That's spelled W-E-E. My name is Sandra Beck. I'm here with Christy Holly. For those of you that missed the show, I invite you to check it out on iTunes under Motherhood Talk Radio. You can also go to toginet, T-O-G-I-N-E-T dot com. Download the shows from there. And if you want to see all the shows and read more about our guests and see the links to their sites, please head to um, sorry to Motherhood Talk <laughs> Talk radio, please. And please check out Military Mom Talk Radio while you're there. But we will catch you guys next week with another information jam-packed, outstanding show with powerful women.
you for being a part of Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Grontoginet.com. Join us every Tuesday as we 